Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hi, this is Heather Parsons, AOTA's Director of Federal Affairs. Um, this podcast is to prepare for our February Board Hill Day. We're very excited to have um, a full group and lots of meetings for the day. Um, we'll be introducing um, throughout the session, you'll be hearing from John Ray, who's AOTA Legislative Representative, Abe Saffer, who's AOTA um, Legislative Representative and Jill Tai, who is our PAC Grassroots Associate. Um, we're excited to have you here and just wanted to give you a little bit of background for your day. Um, you'll have gotten um, the one-pagers and talking points to use on Capitol Hill. Um, we also want to give you some more details about what's going on and a little bit of background for, for those one-pagers and talking points through this podcast. If you want more time or if you need more information, um, we're happy to meet with you the morning of Hill Day, or you're also, we're also welcome to schedule a time to have a phone call with one of us, and we can talk through the issues. Um, we're all available, so please let us know if you would like that extra, that extra input. So as you may know, um, it's been an exciting time on Capitol Hill since after the November election. I think that one thing that describes the atmosphere is there's a lot of uncertainty about um, what's going to happen and, and how it's going to happen. But there's also another thing to keep in mind is that for a lot of um, Republicans who have been in the House um, for a while, this is actually their first opportunity to be in but to control the House, the Senate, um, and the presidency, and so it represents an exciting time to um, try to get some things done. I know that when we've had meetings with um, Republican lawmakers, it's the first time that they feel like they can make their mark. So I think that message that we bring about occupational therapy, the way it can provide quality um, services that help people live independent lives is as much an exciting message for the Hill now as it's ever been. And so I think the first thing I'd I would say is don't go in with assumptions um, about what is going to happen and what's not going to happen. A lot of decisions have yet to be made on Capitol Hill. And so we're just bringing a message to say, as you consider action, um, these are a couple of the key pieces that we'd like you to take into consideration. Um, there is talk about reforming the Affordable Care Act. That may include some changes to Medicaid, which Abe will go talk more about the Medicaid piece. Um, but we don't know for sure what the time table is going to be. I, we expect that to happen in 2017. But whether that's a complete repeal with a complete replace or just fixes um, to the existing law, that still remains to be seen. So along those lines, one of our talking points, and I'm actually um, 
from the one pager you've been sent, we're going to expand that a little bit more to talk about um, occupational therapy in that one pager, and we'll send you a copy of the updated version. Um, one thing we're going to have you discuss um, is some of the key pieces of the Affordable Care Act that we'd like to see uh, maintained in a replacement bill, um, as well as, and, and so there are some real basic principles. I think one thing is to, to talk about the fact that occupational therapy provides rehabilitative and habilitative coverage, which is currently part of those essential health benefits, um, that we feel like those services are really important for making sure that people um, lead independent lives after um, an accident or illness. Um, we definitely think that whatever approach they take should, take should keep the stability of the current marketplaces and um, allow people sort of continuous healthcare coverage so that there's not a disruption of coverage. Um, we also want, we also like some of the pieces that really expanded insurance to people who hadn't had it before. Um, including um, mental health parity, ban on caps and lifetime limits, and the ban on exclusions for people with pre-existing conditions. Um, the coverage for those groups has been uh, really essential. Um, we also have been hearing complaints um, from some of our practitioners now about uh, network adequacy and appropriateness of insurance, and so we'd love to see um, any fix to the Affordable Care Act to help address some of those network adequacy issues that we're currently seeing. Um, so really it's an opportunity just to talk about OT's role in habilitation and rehabilitation and um, how essential it is to, to keep people on insurance that's a meaningful benefit. Um, if this isn't one that you're comfortable with, um, what I'd say is that, of course, you don't have to cover every, all the issues that we have today, so pick and choose the items that you're most interested in. Um, before I hand it over to Abe, um, there's one other small piece. Um, I think some of you know that uh, last year we were able to get occupational therapy included in a behavioral health training grant. Um, this year, there are a couple of offices that are in charge of appropriating funding for that program. And so for those offices, one of us will be with you. Um, we are going to have a handout about why OT should remain in that program, and because um, sometimes appropriators will pull people out for, for funding. So, um, so we'll let you know about that before a meeting but I just wanted to give you a heads up that there was that one other small issue we may be talking about with a few of the offices. So now I'm going to hand it over to Abe to talk about Medicaid. Hi, everyone. <clears throat> um, so I'm looking forward to meeting uh, everyone to, uh, on Thursday. Um, what you need to know about Medicaid right now is that there's actually no official proposal in Congress this year. Um, that's something to kind of take, keep in mind as you're going through uh, and talking to different staff or members. Um, there's definitely talk and rumors. Uh, Congress, uh, the, the Republicans in Congress right now are very intent um, on saving money in the Medicaid system. Uh, and there's two main proposals on the table. The first is uh, a Medicaid block grant, which is that instead of the traditional fee-for-service uh, system, the 
uh, federal government would just give states a specific amount of money, and the state can do with it what it, they what they choose and what they please. Um, they say that this will be able to provide states with much more flexibility. Um, another proposal is this per capita cap, which is taking into account what um, you know a Medicaid patient or uh, beneficiary would cost, and then capping that number, uh, and then providing that per Medicaid beneficiary that's in each state who's eligible. Um, there, the per capita cap is considered sort of the compromise policy, although the main purpose of uh, Medicaid reform um, from the majority party is uh, to save money, and there's only really one way to save money, and so that's by cutting services and cutting funding. And so, um, you know, we really don't look at either block grants or per capita cap as a compromise or sort of a, um, a moderate position. So while their goal is savings, we want to be able to stress um, to staffers a few things. One is that if a lot of these beneficiaries are kicked off, then they're going to be getting services elsewhere, um, either in emergency rooms or, or you know, not, sadly not at all, and, and um, getting sicker. But also um, there's the education angle, which is uh, where I've been primarily focused, and that's the number of um, services that are provided through schools and to students um, under Medicaid um, are enormous and, and actually allow some schools to be able to live up to all of their, the mandates under um, the IDEA, the Individuals with Disability Act. Um, so this Medicaid uh, money also pays for uh, EPSDT. Um, early and periodic screening, diagnosis, and treatment. Um, without, uh, if Medicaid was severely cut, this is an optional program that, or this is a, a program that if a state decides to opt in on it, um, can receive funding for, but it'd be something that they might decide to cut. Um, with EPSDT at risk, this is early detection, uh, of students and for a range of, of different uh, issues that could be um, uh, impact them in school. And one of the things that has been working really well, one of the messages that have been working really well with uh, even the more conservative members is that by being able to detect and address problems early on, you're allowing people and students to grow to become more independent adults needing less government services. And so um, you know, the, without having a specific number, but a dollar of prevent, prevention uh, saves two dollars of, um, of the medicine later on. So, um, overall, the Republicans are going to be looking for cost savings, and uh, if you're in these meetings and talking about this, um, the, the goal is to show that, one, um, the overall cost savings might not be what they expect, and two, that uh, they need to show just, uh, Congress needs to understand just how much Medicaid has an impact on schools, because for the most most part, uh, members of Congress don't really have a full grasping of it um, in the meetings that we've had so far. 
Um, so that's Medicaid, uh, and I will turn it over now to uh, John. Hey everybody, um, John here. I'm going to talk about an exciting new issue you probably never heard about, the outpatient therapy gap. Um, so this is back. Obviously, we are in um, year 20 officially of the therapy cap's existence, uh, or its first passage. Um, so the bill to repeal the therapy caps was introduced just two weeks ago. We have some new sponsors in the House um, and the Senate, actually, but uh, Ben Cardin in the Senate is still um, really the, the big lead on this, um, as he has been for a number of years. So that's all in the talking points and all the, in the one page we sent you the new uh, new sponsors. Remember, this bill that <clears throat> we introduced is simply just a repeal bill. It's, um, you know, obviously that's what we want, but we don't actually expect this bill to pass. It's really just a placeholder um, that we've used the past few sessions of Congress to, to support the repeal of the therapy cap, um, but with the broader reform effort um, that we're working on behind the scenes. Uh, we've been meeting with APTA and ASHA um, to hash out that reform bill and what that will look like. We've also been in contact with um, the relevant committees in the Senate and the House um, to have their input um, you know, as early as possible. Uh, so hopefully when we do come out with that final bill, you know, it's already basically been agreed to by all the principles um, and we can start dealing with the politics and not just the policy. Um, of course, the biggest politics issue for the bill and why we're still here at year 20 is the cost of it. So that's been a big focus um, of us, certainly when drafting this reform, is how can we keep the cost down and make it the most palatable um, bill to pass as possible. Um, as far as timeline, um, you know, obviously a lot is up in the air right now. Um, there's a focus right now on the ACA repeal, replace, um, what will come of that. Uh, the therapy cap's current uh, exceptions process doesn't expire until the end of this year. Um, so we do have, in theory, uh, a bit of time, uh, but because of um, its potential to ride along with the reauthoriz reauthorization of CHIP, um, states will want that done um, by early summer to give them some certainty for their budgets um, as they're not um, in session as often as Congress. So then that potentially moves up our timeline from the end of 2017 to, again, uh, the end of spring, beginning of summer this year. Um, so we're hoping to have, you know, a reform bill um, and package kind of hammered out in the next month or so. Um, but again, the bill that was introduced that's in your talking points is just our um, kind of messaging stand-in uh, stand bill. But as we said there, I think we had 236 members of the House on it last year, last Congress, and 36 members of the Senate. Um, and that's really important to, you know, just keep those numbers high. We have to get all those people to sign back on. I think we're about, about, at about 50 members of the House right now um, with only two weeks in. Um, and that really sends a signal that, um, you know, the majority of the House, the majority of Congress wants this fixed and, and let's finally break through uh, the impasses and get this permanent re permanently repealed. Uh, I did hear a member, a staffer from the Senate Finance Committee speak last week and he commented that, you know, the view is really still that this is a patient access issue um, and they understand that. And I think that's a really important point to drive home and, and to make sure that, um, you know, maybe new members in the House or Senate or just people that have not been that engaged on it before understand that that at the core of the issue is a patient access issue. Um, 
and I think the Therapy Cap Coalition that we've always worked with beyond just the therapy groups themselves and the nursing homes, et cetera, really has a, a huge participation from the patient groups um, and really represents them well. And that's, that's what we want this issue to be about. Um, most of you, I'm sure, are pretty familiar with this, so it shouldn't be anything too new. Um, we're not reinventing the wheel quite yet, um, but the talking points and the one-pager really give a good overview. And again, we're just looking for co-sponsors on, on that bill in the House and Senate. Um, to really continue to show that this is, a, this is an issue the majority of, of Congress wants fixed, um, and, and 20 years later, it's a good time to finally do that. So um, before I turn it over to Jill, I think there's, there's a real theme for today, even though these aren't our usual, um, not necessarily our usual talking points, and it's all about maintaining access to occupational therapy services, whether through the therapy cap, um, whether it's through the insurance that people received under the Affordable Care Act, whether it's through Medicaid. Um, we, have, we do have the two one-pagers about those studies that show um, how OT can um, reduce hospital readmissions, and we also have the one uh, from the Capable study that talked about how OT can keep people independent in the home. But we also know um, there's the whole pediatric side, which is why Medicaid is so important. So. Um, a lot of this is going to be about your experience, um, but it's really through those, um, it's about why access to OT is so important, and these are sort of the three issues that we're bringing up today. So for more on that, um, I turn it over to Jill. Great. Hi, all. I'm Jill. I'm your friendly neighborhood pack and grassroots person, um, and I'm just going to talk about what you can expect for the day. So in the broad sense, um, the earliest meetings that we've scheduled are 11 a.m. There are a few exceptions, but you'll see those in the schedules we sent. Those are tentative for right now because things change up until the last minute. So we will be sending those out shortly. Um, in addition, this Thursday it's going to be about 39 degrees and cloudy. So please dress warmly and make sure you wear comfortable shoes because you will be walking um, house side and a Senate side, three buildings on each side. Um, so you will be meeting with, uh, I believe you have, everyone has at least two meetings with, um, and we're lucky enough that a few of them are with the actual representatives or senators, which is exciting. But for the most part, you will be meeting with 20-somethings uh, who run the office. These 20-somethings are the health LAs or the legislative assistants or the legislative directors that um, control what information gets to the legislator, which is a big deal. So it's very important that you tell them your story and your experience with, um, with these matters because they will hear an emotional story and they will spread the word. So that's very important to know. And it's really, they have these meetings all the time, back to back to back to back to back. So it's important to try and stand out and really tell your story. I think that's all I got. All right. Um, like we said, if we have, if you have any questions or if you want further details, um, please let us know. We're happy to meet with you that day. Um, we are trying to schedule some um, PAC events uh, if they line up with people who make sense for you. So you may be hearing more about that. Um, but but otherwise, you know, we're happy to meet with you that day or talk to you or 
We will see you on the Hill. Um, thanks a lot. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.